0: At least sixty billion dollars a
1: year. Hello, and welcome to the Drinking got of Cups podcast. Uh yeah, so I <laughs> that, wish they had like flames. Flames the, that's, sounds that's, like Dude. that's the third third times a try intro. Beep you. Yeah,
2: I like it. Hello, 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 hello. It's happy Wednesday to you.
1: It is a chaotic Wednesday. It's a chaotic day for us. We're in a chaotic mood today. Freaking sucked all around. We got R I P David Crosby happened. Yeah. David it just Crosby a-
3: died today, guys. Even though this episode is coming out in. <laughs> Oh, a little less than a week from today. Today's Thursday, so next Wednesday is when this is coming out. But David Crosby died R. today, David. guys, and it's a very sad day for. It's a very sad day for the United States and therefore the rest of the world.
1: We lost the legend, and uh, today also sucked because uh, going to work every day as a human being sucks. <laughs> the only thing I look forward to is this podcast, and <laughs> with that in mind, we have a Patreon, guys. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> uh, and actually, check it out. If you're listening to this today, just on Monday, we posted our uh, uh, an insanely special and long-awaited interview, and you're gonna want to check that out. That is over on our Patreon at patreon.com/doc. That came out Monday, so go check that out. You're not gonna want to miss it. There's a lot of cool shit going on over there. Don't get FOMO about our freaking Patreon as it's gonna start blowing up. It's a it's a cross national interview.
2: Yeah, international.
1: Yeah, that's...
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cross-national. Cross it's
3: interdimensional <laughs>
2: national, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. You um, know what I just remembered is that we forgot to intro ourselves. Hey, what's up? I'm Raven.
2: I said, I'm Micah, but you know. Uh, Wait, who are you guys? <clears throat> oh, Actually, hey, hey,
3: everybody. I'm Ryan. Big I'm Big
2: Raven. Hey, Big Raven. Yeah, Big Raven. We got Hakeem, the science guy. We got Rhino, the goat yep. over there. That's what um, they
3: call me, dude. I fucking... Not a
2: rhino. Not an actual rhino. Just a goat.
3: No, I took some clear eyes before we started there's some clear guys before we started this, so I'm I'm clear, dude. I'm, yeah, you've been I'm eating clear, your grass. I'm clear and coordinated, dude. That's what they call me, clearing coordinated. You've been eating Hell your yeah.
1: grass because you're the goat? <laughs> all right, all right.
3: <laughs> My Ooh. laugh almost sounds like a goat. It's like, nah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <they're laughs> like dude, what if I, dude, what if goats sounded like that when they laugh or like when they like <laughs> talk? They're just like, nah. <laughs> I mean, they
0: kind of sound like, nah. <laughs> like, like, goats.
3: like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be a, si- dude, we should add that to a confession. Just a stoner goat, dude.
1: That'd be yeah. so sick. Speaking of confessions, go over to our Patreon. Check those out. So, today our, <laughs> our topic for today. <laughs> nice, today you. we are going over another drug that our listeners abroad may be familiar with while it remains not only not FDA approved in the United States, it is in fact illegal in a lot of states here. Illegal. <laughs> <laughs> that drug is Tianeptine, which I've heard it pronounced different online, mm. but it is definitely spelt T-i-a-n-e-p-t-i-n-e. Yeah, I've been Absolutely. saying
2: Tia Neptine, but I like TNaptine a little better.
1: I so heard yeah. I heard a, a guy on a YouTube video, it was like a forty five minute long YouTube video, someone trying to explain the science. He had, he said Tia what? There is no what? Epi in Oh, there. it's like when the,
2: oh, it's I have like, heard that, yeah. It's like when the British people say uh, aluminium. Oh like, yeah. There? He was British. Where'd you get that other really? Yeah. Yeah. See? Oh,
1: speaking of British, I'm not letting this go. Big dubs I know. for the big Raven. Oh my god. Okay. Yo, okay. <laughs> hey I'm Raven, gonna, I'm gonna w- no, Pronounce yeah, Oaxaca. Yeah. No, no, just let me have this win one time. Just me-
3: <laughs> No, the fact that you're being a dickhead about <laughs> no, it. it, 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 it I'm gonna I'm gonna rub it. into your face about every other thing you've gotten wrong in your so, life. So <laughs> so
1: so we had a listener. A send in a voice memo of uh, how to pronounce Edinburgh. It no is way. Edinburgh. I know. Did, did you not? Send did it? you not listen to it?
2: Well, I sent it. No, I sent something to you guys. No, we had a listener. I didn't see
1: from that. the UK. No, I it was didn't was in the see group that. chat. I'll pull it up. We literally what, what were talking chat? about it. The, the text. What group chat do you think? What you, are you talking about? He sent it in. And it, where? It's, oh, it, oh, Ryan's pulling it. We it's pronounced fire. Edinburgh
2: there we go awesome
1: Ryan he sent it on the Instagram
2: okay yeah but I won't see that I also but texted Ryan you guys but Ryan recorded
1: and said, it and sent it in the group chat of our text
2: I, no I oh, I weird. sent
3: it in the group chat of the Instagram and then I texted you guys and said hey look at what I just sent on the group chat and okay. I said Raven was right okay, about the in Edinburgh thing
0: yeah
1: yeah, we could cut all.
2: Well, oh, I, I love that. So oh. I love that we I love that we had someone say something because I knew someone I was
1: gonna say something. After I looked up the yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was right about the Edinburgh thing. Yeah, you were right about we had, one thing, dude. And we we had a we had a listener uh, call in. Round and of applause, and applause for Raven. Dude, you got one <laughs> thing right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you to that listener who called in and vindicated me. Appreciate that. Please yeah, call right. in and say any
3: other thing that Ravens ever gone wrong. Please. Did you, did you? You should have asked him <laughs> to say it. What do you mean? Like the, the C word. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you record that, dude? Wait, what's C word? Cunt. Cunt. Wait, I thought that was the Australians that use that.
2: It's everybody. It's all of the British people.
3: Oh, true, true. Wait, are you saying Australians are British?
2: They once were. Whoa, dude, that's I mean, not, not cool, Not dude. the indigenous people there. Like, if you are not indigenous to Australia, then yes, you have, like, British blood, I'm pretty sure. So... <laughs>
1: This drug, TNeptine, is also <laughs> sold as a medication under brand names such as Stablon, Coaxial, Tatinol, and Xenosol, just to name a few. And yeah, I'm sure I pronounced one of those wrong. Someone fucking call it. <laughs> Actually, anyway. I feel
3: like you did a pretty good job yeah, on no, that. Yeah, no, I you thought, that, Yeah, not bad. Not okay. Bad. <laughs> so These are pretty easy.
1: TNeptine yeah. t- may be illegal in the United States. But that does not mean that it is not being sold here, or at least has been in the past in some places, uh, just per, perhaps not in the pharmaceutical sense. Here in the U.S., TNeptine was sold under the name or under the the guides of uh, the not human, consu- not for human consumption slash, uh, what, what is it, herbal uh Incense. Incense. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, just kind of the same stuff that synthetic cannabinoids have been sold under. Uh, that that was, you know, uh, for a fairly short period of time in a lot of these states as the destruction that was left in the wake of TNeptine being sold in gas stations and head shops did not go unnoticed. It is quite detrimental to a lot of communities. Pretty scary stuff. True. So let's get into what it is and the different reasons people take this drug. t is an atypical tricyclic antidepressant, which is just a wide class of drugs that includes many different chemicals used as a second line for depression after SSRIs. So just an antidepressant medication. I don't know why it's called tricyclic or atypical. Maybe Micah will explain a little bit about that later. Yeah. Because maybe it gets it's
3: makes you less depressed three times by three times.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure it's kind of one of those <laughs> things that you use um, because pe- a lot of people experience depression um, due to not being able to ride their tricycle. And so <laughs> <then> they, they <laughs> I they knew take, this was going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they take these, and usually it can help. But some people just aren't able to tricycle. So
3: oh, it's- so it's like if you're riding a bicycle, then it's like you can you you're. Uh, you're probably pretty depressed. You're probably even more depressed if you ride on a bicycle. But if you, if yeah. you, do you think you're more depressed riding a bicycle than not being able to ride a tricycle? No comment. <laughs> uh,
1: wait, more depressed not being able to ride a bicycle than a tricycle? <laughs> no,
3: no, yeah, no. So, the other way around. So, if you can't ride a tricycle, but you really want to, but you can only ride a bicycle, do you think yeah, that makes be depressing. you depressing? Do you think that makes you more depressed than not being able to ride
1: either? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean,
2: the thing is, is if you can't ride a tricycle, then you're essentially a child in an adult's body.
1: You shouldn't be so, allowed on a bike at that point. Yeah, too.
2: true. Yeah, I, I think I don't think you'd be able you get, to if you can't even ride a tricycle.
3: Yeah, before you get your before you get a driver's license, I think you have. I think it's you, it's mandatory to get uh, to be able to ride a bicycle and a tricycle.
2: Yeah, sure. And to take this medication.
1: Back to T and <laughs> In other countries, it is prescribed to people to treat things like depression and anxiety and rarely as a treatment for things like asthma and irritable bowel syndrome, <laughs> which I found very fascinating. I mean, it makes Tian- sense.
2: Uh, yeah, if it's used, if it has uh, some opioid qu- qualities to it, which we'll find out later, then that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, Absolutely Uh, because if you take a lot of opioids you ain't fucking making movements yeah that's (laughs) until you stop
2: sphincter to be closed
3: until you stop and then that's
1: all you're doing (laughs) you're just gonna be
3: puckered up for days just
1: (laughs) until you're not and then that's all you're doing (laughs) yeah they can't see this is an audio podcast right
3: for everybody listening and not watching, which is everybody. <laughs> just showed us
1: his phone. So TNFD had massive potential as a medicine as it has prominent antidepressant and anxiolytic effects while lacking in some of the side effects that other antidepressants can have like sedation and anticholinergic and cardiovascular side effects. Even though it is an opioid receptor agonist, as Micah just explained and we will elaborate on later. A study in Egypt also showed that tianeptine can be effective for men struggling with erectile dysfunction caused by depression. It's really cool. Well, oh, that makes burners. sense.
3: By okay, by I see. When I first read this, I thought you were saying that it was just it helps with erectile dysfunction, but I guess for like caused by depression, that makes more sense yeah. because I read a lot of Reddit reports where people were like, "Yeah, dude, like I'm fucking." microtenus like when i take tnf teen (laughs) and so they're like i got the micro p like and and also a lot of people say their libido goes like way down too so i guess if you, but that's probably for people that use it for the opioid purposes that's probably not from people who use it for depression
1: right Yeah. yeah i could agree with that so uh recreationally that's where things turn for the worse with this drug. Users claim that when taken at high doses, uh, as from like a gas station supplement usually, uh, the the euphoria can be similar to opiates, with some equating it even to heroin. One person claimed that they were taking at their peak 120 gas station pills a day.
0: <laughs> With Dude. one
1: bottle containing 15 pills costing anywhere from $25 to $45. So at $45 a bottle at peak usage the expected cost would be upwards of $360 a day which could easily be someone's weekly pay in the United States.
2: Yeah and you know weirdly enough that's not that much different than just normal heroin addictions.
1: <laughs> that is so fucking yeah. expensive. But a honestly
2: it is but so is heroin. People have buy a ball yeah. a eight ball of heroin a day and that's
1: I'm like, just thinking, if I had this motivation, drug addicts are the most motivated people on the fucking planet to getting money. <laughs> yeah, I if of, I had the I motivation to get three hundred and sixty dollars a day, well, I I would burn myself out in a week. Yeah. You have yeah. to be so well, dedicated to I wonder how much money. fucking
3: how much scrap metal that is, dude. I think a lot of the people that did get
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one it, it was um, addicted to this stuff actually weren't just getting like not just getting it from like a gas station but like nootropic websites and they were like people who did work normal jobs and like had you know typical life right yeah um, and had probably a typical income
1: so what's sad about this individual in the news story I read about, uh, it was a couple and it was the husband who got addicted, is he did have a completely normal life. He further claimed that before his usage, they were financially stable and due to their usage, they refinanced their car that was completely paid off and used it to uh, refinance or they refinance their car in order to max out their credit cards and spend all the money on their credit cards, within one month, went completely bankrupt. Holy fuck. <laughs> awesome I guess that is a
3: thing, because you can't really buy a heroin with credit cards. You could buy this with credit cards. Yeah. yeah. That's scary. So.
1: Oh, that's so fucked to think about. Yeah, I just thought about
3: that, dude. It makes me <laughs> yeah. real sad, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was kind of wondering, like, how the, if he had to, like, buy a TV, trade it, to someone for money kind of thing oh that's a actually card, a good but, point
3: too yeah. yeah no they could there's, probably just go to a there's gas there's ways station. to buy
1: heroin with a credit card it's just like, in a roundabout way
3: <laughs> you fucking try to explain to the credit card company just like yeah someone stole my credit card and just bought a bunch of gas and it's like this says dude. you went to the gas station 60 times in fucking 4 days this <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah dude I've fucking been driving a lot dude it's like you went to the same gas station it's like dude fucking dude, or racing my so, car on the block, dude.
1: Someone balled out on Walmart <laughs> gift cards, bro. <laughs> I mean, this isn't that much
2: different than Kratom, man. People can yeah. spend... I've, I've talked to people who work at like head shops and they'll say that people will come back for Kratom multiple times in a day. Um, Wow.
1: Well, wow. Just, you could buy large quantities of Kratom from a gas yeah. station.
0: Interesting.
2: People are, because people will take... Sometimes addictions that I've read for Kratom, people are taking like 60 to 80 grams a day. Damn. Damn. That's a lot. It's a lot. It that is That's lot. Ounces, ounces.
1: Yeah. And the scary thing of, about TN is you can buy it online in bulk. And, on, you know, it's fairly reasonably priced online, I'd say. Yeah. And it's, it's just w- highly
2: unregulated. Mm-hmm. I mean, not yeah. highly, but it was at one point. Yeah. So yeah. Th-
1: this, these examples like these just really show me the extreme addiction potential for TN and why it, uh, lawmakers probably pounced on it. Uh, it from instances like this guy and what he went through uh so a lot of lawmakers starting in 2020 put a ban or tried to at least and in a few states uh it became illegal to sell uh sell use or possess tnpt if you live in alabama michigan oklahoma or georgia or tennessee tnpt is a schedule two drug while if you live in minnesota or ohio it is schedule one for the rest of the United States, however, it remains non-FDA approved, which means you can still possess it as a dietary supplement, though I highly do not recommend it at all True. to anybody.
3: I do have to just say this really quick because you said some states uh, regulate it as a Schedule 2 and some people the a Schedule 1. I think that's very interesting because they label it, like we, ne- we haven't said this yet, but the, one of the big nicknames for this drug is gas station heroin. And mm-hmm. for that to be a fucking schedule, oh. for them to consider it a schedule two drug, that means that it has the possibility to be used for medical use. So if it's gas station heroin, but heroin is a schedule one, wait, so heroin schedule one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then if it's gas station heroin, then why is it schedule two?
1: Well, is it gas station heroin is one of the, the brand names?
3: No, that's one of the fucking... One of the lawmakers said that? No, that's like every fucking like media source that like reports on it of like all the dangers and stuff literally say it's called gas station heroin right like that's their that's what they refer but to it as the
2: thing is is it is an effective antidepressant at the doses but that that's, what I mean. be. that's what i mean that's
3: what i mean yeah. though is which we'll get into for sure but like it's just weird it to really me weird. it is weird because that it it can be used for medical use but they're relating it to heroin like fully to heroin when it is yeah different yeah
1: Well, it's a medication that's being sold in gas stations. That should never be the case for any medication, uh, except aspirin. (laughs) Yeah, of course. It's
2: not a medication in the U.S. Right, right, but it is a... Which is weird.
1: But it has medical, like... uh, It has no medical use in the United States. Well,
2: Michigan, Oklahoma, Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama think it could. But what I mean is it has
3: medical traits to it. Yeah. It can be used for medical, but just the U.S. refuses to
2: do that. Yeah, well, the U.S. I don't think has even really looked into it enough. That's yeah, it's the thing. not federally. Because right, it's yeah. not, the FDA hasn't, like, approved it. No, but they've, the
1: F- FDA has put out, like, warnings about it, though. Like Not only the FDA, mm. I'll get into it. So... Okay. Uh, yeah, so it being non-Fda approved means you could still possess it. and uh, so the rest of the world may be following shortly with some already taking action some other countries as even the CDC, which is much bigger than the FDA, has come out in opposition of TNFT and stating that it may be an emerging public health risk. So mm-hmm. uh, that may be something you're referring to like the a lot the CDC, when they say something's wrong, uh, I think that's when you know shit gets real because that's center for disease control like they're they they handle a lot of the covid shit so if they're coming out and saying we should not be selling tea and neptine you know they might actually get some stuff done
3: yeah do you know what i say to the cdc when they say stuff like that cd's nuts Yeah. yep that's way to steal my thunder dude see (laughs) cock
1: i was gonna say cd cd's nuts dude cd cd's nuts So in 2020, Italy became the first place in the European Union to put a ban on TNeptine, making it a Class 1 controlled substance. Negative Um, shout-out, dude. And as far as I can tell... So I want to state as well. So just a couple weeks ago, Ohio was one of the states to put a ban on it and make it illegal, make it a Schedule 1. So as this episode comes out, the news might be different. Uh, It might be different in a week, might be different in a month. So, you know, if we got some stuff... uh, if we're we're missing out on some of the legal stuff that comes out in the future, that's wise, because you know, this is an ongoing thing. It is like it's, it's it, very new. It's yeah. the new bath salts in a way, but heroin. Heroin bath salts. Uh, media wise, I would say. Gas
3: yeah. station heroin bath salts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so
1: I want to talk a little bit about the history and for the for the medication history, there is not a lot. The, the history is very limited in what we know and what is actually documented. I have no idea why this is. I speculate because it originated in France in the 1960s. So it just might not be translated for all I know. Like I couldn't find anything online anywhere about the, the medical history of yeah. tianeptine other than it was a medication. It was made in this state. It got approved, started being used. It did really well for a while. That's it like no details yeah like another like any of the other drugs we've covered which i found very interesting so it was made it was made originally in france in the 1960s as i said by french society of medical research with it being introduced as a medication in france shortly after between 1989 and 2004 only 141 cases of recreation were known so not too many in that long span and many of these people were actively being treated with the drug So, it wasn't really being sold as what we know it as today. Oh, um,
2: so yeah. So, people that were being treated with it were also taking it
1: recreationally. Is that what I'm getting? A small number, but it was known about. Okay. So, its recreation potential was starting to gain popularity, I would say. Mm. Like it was a little traction. yeah, gaining a little traction. Yeah,
3: it basically they, <laughs> they threw on the old chains and they went up that hill, dude. <laughs>
1: well, mm-hmm. at this Fucking time, you tires. would either so the people <laughs> using it recreationally would either have to have been sold someone's medication, or yeah. had to have been one of the people prescribed it at this point. Yeah, because it wasn't yeah. in the
2: gas stations in like in France, probably. Right. So, um,
1: with the, so, uh, the with the severity and dependence and recreational potential arising. Uh, It it started around 2007. The French health product safety required T producers to alter the labels of the medication, indicating the potential hazards. So that's right around when they started noticing people were abusing it more and more. It was the early 2000s with people discovering its opiate-like effects and even started using it to help with opiate withdrawals around this time.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. It would later start being sold as a dietary supplement in the United States and online from nootropic retailers under names like Zaza, Frenzy, and Tiana, sparking the immediate concern from state governments with Michigan being the first state to ban it within the United States. With that being said, we should discuss some of the more illegal aspects of it and uh, how some people... Yes, Ryan?
3: I have, uh, I, have, I have a thing to clear the air. Um, Frenzy is actually not TNFTing. It's uh Anymore. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I didn't know. But okay, because I read some people that the people were taking the uh, Frenzy Reds. Red, yeah. And they had to basically pull them because they were uh, causing people issues and stuff. But I, I thought, I guess I never realized that it was actually tnept I thought they were just misreporting it.
1: So from what I could find is that people said frenzy at one point the frenzy red was tianeptine but really? if you go and buy frenzy red right now it is not i'm pretty sure frenzy red right now is fenibut
3: yeah well which it,
1: is a drug we will cover in the
3: future well okay yeah i don't know if you can even let me look it up cuz i don't even you, think, can, you can buy, it. Can buy I was frenzy. Just on their website really yesterday. okay oh. i thought you couldn't buy frenzy red uh, anymore because they just canned it and called it something else cuz there's like frenzy and then there's their like frenzy chill <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: their uh,
3: website's still up. So. All right. Well, then, no, then you're you're probably right. I probably just didn't fully look into it. I just thought yes. I just thought they missing like misreported it. So okay, Jeez, Ryan
1: Yeah. So a lot Sorry. of um a lot of these states and a lot of people uh, were calling this an answer to kratom, but now a lot of people are calling it a horrible answer to kratom and not the right move for anybody to do. So, uh, with that being said, and talking a little bit about the the nootropics uh, and the the illegal stuff. Well, it's not even illegal. It's illegal some places. But the dietary yeah. supplements being sold with tianeptine in them. Yeah, let's let's get into that. Yeah.
3: So the uh, one of the one of the things I kind of want to like talk about is the well, we we say nootropic, and one of the things that I looked up of like what the actual like definition of nootropic is is kind of not necessarily what this
1: is. Yeah, not at all. So nope. <laughs> one of the,
3: yeah, uh, the definition that I looked up on the National C- uh, Center of Biotechnical Information states that they are known, uh, nootropics are known as smart drugs. And mm-hmm. I say that in quotations, a, in a diverse group of medicinal substances whose action improves human thinking, learning, and memory, especially in cases where these functions are impaired. And so a lot of people say, you know, con- cognitive function. And so I that doesn't really relate to what this drug is. So and,
1: if, if you want me to elaborate on why I said that, it's because they use these nootropic websites, some of the more nefarious ones that are selling just fucking whatever they could use to get high or whatever. Right. So, <clears throat> so they're being sold under the shade of nootropics. Nootropics are great. Nootropics can be really good. But there's also a lot of shady stuff that gets kind of like pushed in there with them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes they get sold on websites where websites... I was actually not... I was just going to start with something else, but actually, since we're on this topic, I might just go into this actually now. Uh, but there, there's a lot of... There's websites where people will, were selling TNFTN on, and the website was like a nootropic website only. And so people buying anything from this website was for... where They were, thought they were buying nootropics. And the fact that mess, they were huh? even... Yeah, exactly. So in well, twenty Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. What were you going to say?
2: I'm just going to say, I'll elaborate when I get into some of the science stuff, but there's a reason for this, and it is that there has been cognitive enhancing effects shown in research.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, yeah I mean... It gives you better boners if you're depressed,
0: <laughs> so... Well,
3: I mean, <laughs> if, it, if, it affects anti- if it affects depression in any way, I feel like that does make sense why it would be... There's yeah, one
1: major effect from depression that a lot of people get, and that's the low ability to actually retain information just through depression. So pretty much any antidepressant can be called a slightly nootropic if it helps exactly. you get out of that. Cause then right. yeah, your cognition is being increased. It's being yep. boosted if you're having cognition again just because you're not, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, and
3: because one of the, the the definition I just read, it it, it uh, it improves if it if its action improves human thinking, especially in cases where these functions are impaired. So if it's impaired by, oh yeah, you know, it, by depression, then this fixes illness. that. Then that technically counts as you know a nootropic. Cocaine. And I think is wasn't
2: there tro- isn't there an aspect to nootropic where it's without uh like severe side effects? Right. I'm not sure. I know I, That's I what looked I it remember. up
3: and I recently they changed the definition at one point. After this thing that I'm going to talk about, because of this whole reason of this like gray area of what nootropics were and what they weren't, um, and what they were considered as, but I don't, I couldn't find find any like legit information about like when and like what exactly they changed it to and what it was before. They just it was like in like August of like 2020 or something like that. They changed it, or maybe I think it was August of 2020. They basically changed the, the term of nootropics to being slightly different than what it used to be. Mm, okay. So, I don't know a ton about that. I, I tried to do a decent amount of research about it and I couldn't really find any legit answers from legit websites. So, but I figured I'd just mention that. Yeah, it makes, sense. makes yeah. sense. Did you have anything else to say, Micah? I thought I, I feel like yeah. it might have interrupted you. No, that's it. Okay, cool. So, anyway, so I'm going to talk about this couple that uh, started a company of selling uh, TN Eptine and other drugs, but mainly TN and, and they ended up getting in trouble for it. So in 2016, a man and uh, wife, they a couple, Mark Godding and Linda Godding, started a company called Mighty Stacks. And in 2017, they started selling their product through a website called BlueBrainBoost.com, which is a website that is for selling, or was at the time for selling nootropics only.
1: Yeah, sounds solid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brain brain boost. I mean,
3: blue, yeah, brain blue. boost. So, it, so it, yeah, it's Blue Brain Boost, dude. It's like, but. You know, Hundred dollar bills,
2: <laughs> crystal blue. <persuasion. laughs> what
1: what could be like reading between the lines a little bit in this is a lot of people call opiates blues. Uh, oh,
3: I've never actually heard that before. That's so, interesting. So I like, watched watch
2: just because of Percocets?
3: Yeah, I so thought per- Percocets
1: white.
2: No, so I mean I, some are, but yeah, blue perks are. Oh, I, true.
1: Yeah, I've just watched a lot of people just like interviewing, kind of drug addicts on on the streets and being like what are you addicted to and anyone who's on opiates says blues well Well, it's also also, a regional thing
3: yeah and also aren't aren't there like blue oxies as well i think like Mm probably not the 30s i think the 30s are like orange but i think there is like a it might be the 40s that are blue i'm not sure
1: i think it could also be a relation to how they make you feel like they make you feel blue
0: Maybe. Yeah, that's also I mean, a good it, point. It, yeah, it,
2: it lifts the blue from people. Yeah,
0: it it takes it gets away rid the, blues. Of the blues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure they're mentioning the pills. Do
3: you yeah, think all heroin addicts,
2: like all heroin addicts, are just stuck in the fucking twenties? The most 30s? common, the <laughs> most <laughs> common pill right now that's going around is those blue perk thirties, which are just fentanyl. Oh, interesting! And okay. that's what everyone's addicted to—is the fentanyl pills.
1: That
3: yeah. are- interesting. That's what little
1: Zan talked about a lot. Was saying that he was getting perk thirties with, without the fent. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> 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 All right. Uh. Anyway, so this couple—they were selling, you know—they were selling TNF-T through this company called uh, this website called BlueBrainBoost.com. So the fact that it's called Brain Boost is in, you know it's a little misleading but kind of i guess depending on how you take it maybe not because i guess if you are depressed it is they basically were selling it as like 5HTP or like anything like that is like what they were like marketing it as of like you know any yeah. these like like alpha brain or any of that type of shit
1: which to be clear because i don't think we've ever talked about 5HTP on this podcast is non psychoactive completely non psychoactive right. uh it's a serotonin uh, uh what's it called fucking precursor precursor there oh we go. i see Okay. Yeah, it's precursor. naturally it, like
2: it produced in the body as well yeah so. but
1: it's completely non-psychoactive so if it's being sold alongside these other things then that's misleading well so again
2: right. uh what do you know like the dose that these w- pills were sold as uh I, that's or a good question i
3: don't know well it was powder it was the uh it mm. was the um not the sulfate it was the um the other one um hydrochloride maybe i don't know well it was the salt whatever the uh probably hcl hydrochloride yeah it's uh... hold on give me a second yeah.
2: i guess what i'm getting at is that if they have any kind of recommendation for the dose if it's recommended at like the antidepressant dose then it still makes sense that it would be sold as a nootropic it's not misleading i see okay and I have evidence for that. <laughs> but if I've got hard evidence over yeah, here. Yeah, but if it's sold as dosages that are recreational, then that is highly misleading and it's really fucked up.
3: Yeah, it doesn't say what it was. That, it just said that they were selling T and Eptine. It doesn't say exactly what the what the pills were, or if they were
1: pills or if they were... What? I suppose on a website like this, if they were offering substantial amount of dosages and health research and stuff like that then sure maybe that's fine and they were recommending small therapeutic doses but yeah the minute that they start selling it
2: I think most of the people that have done this and and taken it in high doses have completely just realized that it got them high and they went and did it on their own
0: Oh, it's uh, it's
3: the sodium powder it's the TNF sodium powder is what they
2: were selling so not pills yeah which but, is sketch, but at the same time, it's like if they had a recommended dose on there. A lot of nootropic websites usually have like a little article or something uh, when you're looking at the product, right? And it has they'll like add uh, you know scientific articles as like embedded as um, citations, you know, in the article to write about like why it's actually good for you. So they provide people a lot of the times with evidence why it's even on their website in the first place. And I think like my assumption is. Because you you were able to get it at this one place here in Oregon or in Portland that is like a shop, like a vitamin shop kind of. And the shop is filled with the same nootropics you see on these websites as well. So I assume this shop here in Portland was also selling it at a recommended dose for a nootropic. But then people just had realized it gets you high. And almost kind of like the Benadryl Benadryl situation where people realize that it can get them high. So they just take way
3: too much, right? And I've even seen people selling these in, in like fucking hundred milligram pills and stuff like
2: that, which is gnarly. Yeah, see, that's that's what I was wondering because if it's in like hundred milligram doses, then it's way too much.
3: Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen some companies that do that, but most of the ways I've seen it sold is as the um, uh, as the powder, as the um, Sol- sodium sodium powder. Because there's so that I, I don't know if you are did, were you going to talk about this at all? The difference between between the sodium powder and the sulfate powder no it doesn't really matter well okay because i've read different things that the that the sulfate powder is just longer lasting and doesn't hit you as hard as the sodium powder so that's why people abuse the sodium powder so much Mm. oh okay yeah i didn't know Uh, that's just what i've read i haven't read any like hard facts about that just people that's what people say
2: i mean because that's yeah essentially the reason i say it doesn't matter and like yes it does with a lot of things but like it's the at the end of the day the drug is what the drug is and so it's in whatever form it's in it might have slightly different effects being like a uh, quicker or longer. Mm, Just like sure. crack cocaine being free base versus yeah.
3: salt. True. Right. Or like, you know, I mean, injecting heroin or like freebase and heroin.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like to I like for anybody listening. I like to say freebase and heroin because Micah gets really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> or he doesn't no, upset. He gets annoyed. <laughs> so anyway. But yeah, you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, I No, I understand for sure. So yeah. anyway so they were selling these, this sodium powder and a bunch of other drugs through this webs or through this website that were considered, you know, nootropics or, you know, so they're selling them as, and so a lot of people were buying them thinking that. And, uh, so it turns out, uh, they were, you know, misleading people kind of, of what they were selling them as, and just not really being super accurate or not fully disclosing of like what this was and like, what they were selling it as, and so both of them were sentenced to six months in federal prison. Uh, <laughs> the The man was sentenced in May, and the girl was sentenced in June of 2022 uh, for six months. But they had already been arrested in since January, so I think their sentence was basically up at that point anyway. Because if you get sentenced like after you've already been like waiting for your trial, then they add that time back. So it's like if you've been yeah, waiting it depends six, if you
1: made bail yeah
0: Mm -hmm.
3: oh yeah that's a good point too yeah and this
2: is uh what was it for like negligence or something like i don't know what the exact thing the exact yeah
3: Yeah. basically some some sort of like fraud like fraud essentially yeah so that makes sense
2: and that makes me that leads me to think that they might have been selling it as like recommended dosages being recreational dosages
3: Maybe yeah, if they I got in trouble for it. I wonder if I know? could like look up like an image of it and see if maybe I could just find the bottle of it because that would be way more helpful than trying to read through these fucking articles. So, where's Fort Collins again? Texas? Fort Collins is in uh, Colorado. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. So I don't see any of the pictures of the Mighty Stacks TNeptine. They're
1: called Mighty um, Stacks.
2: Yeah, that was the that was a company name. Well, yeah. So in the nootropic community, a lot of people refer to stacking as when you start putting a, like all these different supplements together, trying to get to get you know you're like trying to get a certain thing going. It's kind of like when you take 5-HTP, you stack it with B6, like vitamin B6, oh. uh, to allow it to synthesize serotonin a little bit better. I don't. I
1: just take 5-HTP. Yeah,
2: which there's <laughs> really uh, yeah limited,
1: no <laughs> limited <take> proof. <laughs> I I swear by it. Yeah, but well, you yeah. also
2: are very you're highly susceptible to uh, <laughs>
1: No, I'm not. Yes, you are. How? You just said you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you I'm not.
2: Anyway, <laughs> I can't find
3: any pictures of it of what it looks like, so I mean, let's be just move dope, on.
1: Dope, dude.
3: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they both got sentenced to to <laughs> to federal prison for for this, which is, you know, pretty wild. Just a very yeah. interesting thing. And so I think, and after this was when I believe, I think it was after, so it might have been 2022, I might have been wrong earlier about the way when they changed the term of nootropics. It might have been 2022, like August, 2022. So, and, Cause I think it was, I think it was like
2: after this is when they changed it because it was like such a big deal. Yeah. It makes sense. It's kind of like bath salts, plant foods. Now nootropics sort of took over them.
3: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Good point. True. So anyway, I just figured I'd mention that just because we were kind of on the on the whole topic of that. Just it's pretty interesting that something that is legal in some states and some and others aren't, uh, and they fucking got sentenced to federal prison for this. Which, you know, I don't know if it's accurate. You know, is the accurate like a good sentence or not for this? Like, I don't. Re- I don't really feel any type of way about this drug.
1: Like, I find it the most interesting that they. Got sentenced in a state that it's not illegal, but perhaps they could have been selling it into states that it was illegal. Yeah, I
3: think that was part of the issue is because they were. I think a lot of people that sell it online now can only ship it to places that are legal. And these people were probably just selling it to wherever and just not, you know, keeping tabs on that. I'm yeah. not sure. There, there's. There's not a ton of information about it and so I mean there is information about it, but it, it didn't really go into full detail of exactly what all that was happening. I'm sure if you look gotcha. super deep you can, but I didn't I didn't do that. So sorry people I'll call call them
1: after the pod. Yeah.
3: <laughs> See I'm they're probably out of prison by now. Yeah. Well they're definitely out of prison by now, actually. So unless they went back. Yeah, unless they did anything. Maybe they're selling T and Epstein in prison. <laughs> you know, having Doves, fucking drop it off dude
0: <laughs> <laughs> dubs dubs dude <laughs> Dub pigeons
3: dub sacks those, dude those dub plates <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh speaking of legality and everything i i it like we mentioned earlier like it kind of kind of rem- reminds me of like k2 and spice and everything of like how it was legal at first and then some states started to make it illegal and then now a lot of places it is illegal and so it's because I can't remember—is K two fully illegal in the United States, or is there still certain states that are allowed to sell it? I'm pretty sure K two is fully illegal. That's what I thought. Yeah, so we're kind of in this weird zone right now of T N F teen that we almost that we saw maybe you know six eight years ago of like K two, right? You know when it was legal and then was going through this process of getting made illegal.
1: It could be illegal when this podcast comes out.
3: It could be yeah, who knows? And especially that'd be crazy. Yeah, especially with how many states are you know, just emergency banning it and shit like that. Like and how many
1: and how many times we've had weird synchronicities happen right when we post an
3: episode. Dude, it's fucking so weird, dude. So yeah, it's it's interesting that we're we're in this like weird state because, you know, again, because many other countries use it for anti depression and but then other people are calling it fucking gas station heroin. So it's, it's this very weird thing where, but I also K2, I don't really think had like, doesn't really have like medical use to me. Like, I don't, there's definitely no 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 way (laughs) for that. So I can't really relate it in that sense, but it is, it is interesting. So, uh, when, when these States made it illegal gas stations and stores were selling this product, but they were basically like told like, hey, like you guys got to take it off the shelves. And so then they started selling it under the counter, which is also kind of what happened with case two. a lot of people started selling it illegally. And right. like also, once you have something that is legal and, you know, people start taking it and getting used to it and then it builds a demand for it. And then when you have that demand and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's take it away. Then people are still like looking for that drug. So people are still going to sell it. Like if there's a demand for it, it's going to get sold most likely. Well,
1: well, it happened with Jewel pods that were flavored. It yep. happened with Four Locos that had caffeine in them. Yep. If a if a corner store still has stock, they're not getting paid to throw away that stock or send it back. No, so they're gonna still try to. That's just a total loss for them if a law gets passed. Exactly. So yeah, they're gonna try to sell it.
3: Yeah, and so that's what happened a lot, like in like Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, there's a, there's many places that people have gotten sentenced to prison because of this thing. They're selling it illegally, and it's. I, I it's weird because again, it's like it's the same thing that was happening with K2. Like once it got made illegal, like people were still selling it and then people were still going to prison and it's uh it's it's very kind of very strange.
1: Go from a clerk to a bud tender or er, butt tender <laughs> 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 She's a drug yeah. dealer. Yeah. I guess they're all the same.
2: Yeah, it'll be really crazy <laughs> if that ever happens to Kratom because right. like I said, people go into stores like multiple times in a day to buy Kratom. Like imagine when these people Aren't able to get it. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be well, yeah. I'll go into that a
3: little later with addiction and stuff because I do have a lot of reports of people talking about that and it's kind of fucked up. So, yeah, very, very interesting. But so, uh, it seems, but to me, it seems like a lot of the it's similar also to K2 in the way where that it is like a lot of the people that are using it are using it in places where it's harder for them to get any other really drugs because they can just go and get it at the gas station. So yeah. a lot of people that are using this aren't in the huge cities. A lot of them are in like smaller cities that I've 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 read this on Reddit and all sorts like Irwin and stuff like that and all these other like you know forums and stuff where people are talking about it and a lot of them like are like to, like Toledo, Ohio. Like they're not like they're not like the big major cities. So like even Toledo is like a big is you know it's a decent sized city, but it's not like it's not Bend fucking Oregon. It's not yeah. Well exactly. So in I did read a Reddit report from someone in central Oregon. Saying that they, you know, like use, like go to gas stations and they buy it, and like their friends use it and stuff like that, which is also strange to me because growing up in Central Oregon, there's quite a bit of fucking heroin around, so it's,
1: yeah, but not out in like Prineville.
3: Yeah, that's actually a good point. You're like Lapine. There's a lot of meth out there. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. And so for someone to be able to go to a gas station just buy, you know, something that has opiate properties is is you know, appealing, I guess, to some You're of these stoked. people, yeah. yeah, because it's harder for them to get heroin, and also maybe heroin in those places is more expensive because it's not near a port. Uh, so it, it's maybe further in this into the country where it's harder to, you know, these drugs have to be transported from elsewhere. Like, as in when I'm when it's speaking of like drugs, I'm saying like heroin or any of these other opiates and stuff like that.
1: Or the sad thing is, with a lot of people being completely fine before things like Neptine is maybe these pe- like this person encountering this out in a rural area area would maybe not even encounter drugs in their life if it wasn't being sold at their local gas station. Exactly.
3: Mm Because it's harder to, especially in those little, those smaller towns, it's easy for, you know, one person gets busted and all of a sudden the whole town goes dry.
1: And as I've speculated on here before, if you're being sold it in a store, your brain doesn't immediately go to drug, bad, illegal. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Drug, bad. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. I,
3: I, I was going you know, to just maybe me think of caveman times, dude. Just <laughs> Dr- drug, drug, bad. bad. <laughs> Fire, good. <laughs> what, in the 1800s? Yeah, yeah. The 1800s. <laughs> exactly. Just like we were talking about <laughs> last episode, dude. So, yeah. But like, so like Toledo, Ohio, like central Washington, Alabama, Mississippi, like Georgia, central California, central Oregon, like all these places that are like not near major cities are a lot of where people are reporting use and stuff. Cause there was, a, there was a whole Reddit report that was like, pin, like tag your location or whatever. Uh, so we can see like, you know, who's all using TNF Eptine and everything. And it's like mostly these places, like these, yeah. these r- more rural, not super rural, but more rural than, you know, a major city and super interesting. And so a lot of people, I've read a lot of reports of people using it and like using it v- super recreationally and, People being like, yeah, like I take fucking hundreds of milligrams every day and to get like high and like, and I even, I, I saw this one dude post a, a YouTube video about it and he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, it, it feels just like heroin. I've never done heroin though. And you know, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, okay, so you don't know what you're talking about. Then like, you clearly don't know like fucking, he was like, but I've done opiates, like like hydrocodone and stuff. And I was like, okay, like cannot compare that to fucking heroin. I mean, it is similar, but also fucking not.
2: Was this guy's name Adam. Was he, like, really buff? No, this dude was, like,
3: super, Had a weird accent.
2: Sight
3: no wait, substance. Oh.
0: <laughs> I didn't
3: even fucking, I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious, dude. No, it, no, it was just some fucking dude from, uh I don't know, he was smoking a cigarette and fucking.
0: He, he was smoking a
3: cigarette and shaking. He was like, it's real cold out here. And, like, oh, fucking yeah. He's probably taking withdrawn. a video. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know, I just thought it was, I just thought it was very interesting and he was, yeah, and it's, it's just, I don't know, a lot of people, there's so many people reporting on this, like, they know exactly, they're like, yeah, like, this it's it gives you the same, like, opiate high as heroin and stuff like that, whereas, I don't, I I know you'll get into this later about, like, the receptors it actually hits and stuff, but, like, from what I've read, it's kind of similar, like, it hits similar opioid receptors, but it's
2: not fully the same, you know? No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Still, so. just a antidepressant, right? Antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was not depressed anymore, dude. Depressed. <laughs> Diprolene, Dichlotyled- depression.
3: depression, mean. <laughs> depression. <laughs> anyway, so, so these wh- people
1: are thinking that they're taking T and Neptune and ended up on T Neptune. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice, dude! That was a fucking banger, dude. I was wondering why you were quiet there for a second. I was like. I've, dude, been about, like, upset no, like I've been thinking about set or something's cooking. i am trying were to find a
1: perfect place to put that <laughs> yeah. in.
3: Dude, the wheels were fucking turning, dude. I know. Oh, speaking of funny I've things. I've been sitting uh, on
1: that since like yesterday. Dude, oh, okay.
3: that's awesome. Speaking of uh, things that people are sitting on, I had this. well okay, pause. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> i had uh, No, I had, uh, I had this, uh, this thought earlier when you're talking about like gas stations in France. And I was like, huh, I wonder if there's, like, gas stations in France that are called, like, we. Like, as in, like, you're driving a car and you're like, we. Because, <laughs> like, we, like, as in, like, you yes. know, yes.
2: Piss? <laughs> no, because, like,
3: we is. <laughs> Why would yes? the gas
2: station say yes?
3: No, Why but, like, we, because it's like, we, I'm driving fast. We, I'm like, get my car filled up like, We. Okay, no. no. No, no,
1: no, we're moving on. I sat
3: on that for a while and I was like, should I it say something? Because it kind of sounds fucking stupid. It made me think <laughs> yeah. of that, that TikTok uh, it, that's voice. It's like, yeah. we. Oh, yeah, that's also Wee. what made me Wee. laugh about it I like the chicken
1: that's jumping. I'm
3: just smoking
0: a little bit of weed. do <laughs> konichi- konichi-
3: konichi- konichi- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so one of the one thing I did find very interesting uh, that people like, because i speaking of on, like on reports and stuff. Uh, one thing I did find very interesting: a couple of Earwood reports of people saying that it is very helpful for like over MDMA use, because a lot of people were saying they like take MDMA like a fuck ton, like constantly, like every weekend or like multiple, like couple times a week, and to where MDMA just like doesn't work and their brain just hurts. And some people have reported that using TNeptine between their breaks of taking MDMA has allowed the MDMA to work better. And I assume hmm. that's probably because of the fucking um, some of the science things that Michael will get into later, but uh, it, I I just kind of wanted to mention.
2: Yeah, it's that no, really it's quick. interesting. I didn't know that, so yeah, I'll have to try to um, make some uh, connections. Connections with that.
1: That sounds like balance. Seems That's a little scary.
3: It, yeah, it does um, seem definitely. scary, especially with like definitely don't use them at the same time, and maybe definitely. don't. Yeah, maybe don't. You know, also don't take MDMA a lot. <laughs> like,
2: no, not, definitely. Not we're not we're not talking about you Brits over there <laughs> over, the, over the pond you know yeah. but definitely think about it absolutely um, yeah but it's
3: just cool that like you know something like that could help with not necessarily the damage cuz i guess i'm not saying like mdma like does damage to your brain but overuse is it can. definitely bad yeah yeah for sure but i i'm, I'm just not trying to like use it as yeah. like a like a trigger i guess to people that do use it like i'm not trying to make people like be like oh like well, Every time I use them, I'm
2: damaging my brain, you know, like... Harm reduction-wise, it's never good to mix antidepressants uh, with MDMA in general. Nice. Like, it's just not a good idea, so... so and I, I, I know that sounds bad. Uh, there's reasons for that. A lot of it has to come down to serotonin uh, interactions between, you know, the fact that MDMA is a serotonin agonist, releases serotonin, and then a lot of antidepressants are selective reuptake inhibitors of serotonin, so then um, this can end up... Re- Resulting in serotonin syndrome uh, for some people. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Very, no, yeah, it's
3: good. Good to, good to mention that. I just don't want to, I don't want people to think I'm like enabling them to fucking take MDMA and then like a bunch and then use fucking TNFD to like, quite I know, know, the opposite. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just stating the fact that, you know, some people have, People do it. you know, State it is, facts. yeah. It's just, well, I'm just stating, yeah, man, not necessarily reason. facts. I'm just saying reports. I'm stating reports yeah. that
2: I've read. You're a journalist. So, Anecdotal <laughs> evidence. TNF team does all of this. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> We're
3: in a war on drugs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, I'm just going to talk a little bit about addiction before we get into Micah's, uh, Micah's whole part, because that'll also talk about some of this. But one of the one of the things that I read very in, that was very interesting about this drug is how many people get severely addicted. It's crazy addictive, especially if you're abusing it. Well, I I would say actually mostly if you're abusing it, like less people say they have addiction, they have addictive qual. Less people say it has addictive qualities if you're taking it at lower doses. So, but the people that are abusing it, taking it for the opioid purposes, they say that it's extremely addicting, and part of that is because the high is so short because it has like a super short half life, and so it fucking goes through your like you basically only get high for like a short amount like maybe like an hour and then you have to fucking redose or maybe two hours whoa and yeah because i guess the half-life is like three hours like i don't know if you guys (laughs) read anything about that or not but so it's like people are like you know redosing compulsively and yeah
2: and how are people usually doing it orally
3: um usually the powder a lot of people say they take the sodium uh powder Mm -hmm. and because That makes you, it gives you the quicker, that's what the reports I've read is that it gives you the quicker high and that people will use it to get that quicker high. Whereas like the, the sulfate will make it is more for the antidepressant purposes where like it's (laughs) it's harder to abuse, which is what people have said. I don't know how actually accurate that is. I'm not a fucking science guy, but that's just stuff I've read. My assumption is the sulfate's just heavier. So you have to take more. Oh yeah. Actually, that's a really good point. Okay that makes sense yeah 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 okay interesting so anyway um yeah th- i just thought that was very very interesting of how fucking addictive it is and um i've even read fucking stories of people injecting the fucking powder don't which do that is gnarly dude hmm. like that sounds fucked Um, especially
1: if it's crushed down from the pills because the pills specifically have stuff added to them to well be injectable but
2: this is in the united states and we don't have pills over here
1: i know but i'm saying it's also available in other countries in medication form so i'm saying specifically don't fucking do that if it's a pill yeah because the pills of tea specifically have stuff in there to make them fucked up in your veins yeah, yeah and, it makes sense.
3: And I also don't know how biodegradable, I'm just kidding, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bioavailable uh, it is for, uh, you know, for in- injecting, Injected. you know, versus oral dose. Probably pretty high. Yeah, I don't know. You're <laughs> probably IV, right.
2: it's usually like up to, you know, pretty much 100%. But yeah, but talking.
3: isn't fucking LSD the opposite though for that? No. I thought LSD injecting was less bioavailable than oral.
2: No, I think they're like essentially equal. It's just not as, it's not like any more intense than oral, or it's not like oral essentially versus uh, IV has not a whole lot of a difference. I see. Okay. Interesting. Whereas most people would think that IVing anything is going to be much more bioavailable. The thing with LSD, the reason that that is that way is because LSD is so potent in the microgram level that as soon as it enters the bloodstream, it practically makes its way up to the brain instantly so as soon as you put it in your mouth it's already getting into your bloodstream um a little bit and then as soon as it's ingested because it's so you're taking so little of something that's able to latch on to shit so quickly yeah it's super powerful orally but uh, as well as like if you injected it it's essentially the same thing because okay interesting just as quick
3: because yeah. I wasn't paying attention in the science part of the LSD episode. Sorry. Well, guys. so
2: the thing that I had mentioned was that seventy-five micrograms IV LSD was not as potent as two hundred micrograms oral LSD. Which I see. With other drugs, that's pretty. In, that's interesting. It's weird. Yeah. Because that's not. That's not really how the, most cases would be. Because most things are orally bioavailable between twenty and you know eighty percent. Okay. Um, right. But
3: yeah. Okay. Interesting.
2: No, I'm glad you cleared that up because
3: I was, uh, I was mistaken. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, the one of the things that I, I kind of want to go back to is the Ohio band, the, the, the emergency banned it on the 22nd of December of 2022. And this left a lot of people that actually needed it, f- that were using it for depression without anything to be able, you know, to use for their depression. I mean, I guess you could use other, you know, ssris and stuff like that but the thing that they had been using that they were you know used to and they they found that maybe worked they no longer could use and that's yeah,
1: i guess it's important to specify a lot of people who would be using it for depression weren't the ones buying it from a gas station probably they were probably buying it online from a nootropic website exactly it shipped to their house and using yeah. it responsibly
3: yeah exactly yeah. so that's pretty fucked so especially because it was like there was no warning, there was no fucking thing for them to be able to, you know, stock up and stuff like that. But they they all of a sudden were just like, Oh, yep, yeah, you can't get this anymore. Everyone take
2: it off the shelves, you can't sell it. And people I mean, were fucked. Yeah, and this is just a good thing to mention then of why like it's really important to not be trying to just self-medicate yourself with yeah. drugs that you found on the internet that because you read a bunch of Reddit reports and maybe some scientific articles that you might have thought you understood uh to make the decision for yourself that you're going to take a drug for like medicating your disease your yeah. disorder or whatever it is like that is 100% if you're an adult on you for not um you know making a better decision I think for your health right i agree yeah, which is also
3: kind of the danger with uh you know microdosing psilocybin and stuff like that because of it being illegal it is harder Absolutely. You, know, it, you, but, that, you know you do have that
1: of you know you may not be able to get it Psilocybin also doesn't have dependency issues. No, I
3: know it is different, and it's also like not addictive. But yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, but you could still get in really big trouble in certain states Mm -hmm. if you're self-medicating yourself with psilocybin. So again, yeah, it's just that thing of like really tread with caution when self-medicating your disease. And I would say the first line of, uh, you know, action or whatever to take is you know talking to your doctor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true.
1: I know it sounds. We could get into a whole conversation about healthcare in the United States. Yeah, the, not that's what I'm saying is it. as a
2: recommendation. That's yeah. Well, if you can afford Tyaneptine, you could afford uh, health insurance. insurance. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. suppose. And SSRIs are, I'm,
1: I think, pretty cheap. Yeah, you would but, probably be spending less a month on health insurance yeah. than Tyaneptine. But then we can get into medications expensive and... Yeah, yeah, yeah every, exactly. life's expensive. I guess if you're trying to medicate yourself, probably just go through a doctor.
2: Right, and yeah. just if you're if you're gonna do it self medicating, just be wary of this situation that can arise where you may be purchasing a drug that works really well for you, but if it's not FDA regulated, it's possible that you're gonna one day purchase that drug and it's not that drug. Yeah, right? true. Then you'll end up with something maybe scary, and you took a dose of something you shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. Um, because
1: not FDA regulated means that nobody is quality controlling it, other no. than the company you're buying it. Yeah, from.
2: and most of these nootropic small like startup websites, they are a lot of the times operating out of someone's garage. Yeah, or you know, a small business. Type. Yeah, it's and and it's usually very dirty and not very. There's there's no regulations. There's no there's no, there's no quality control coming in and checking. You know how much someone's adding to each capsule and all this shit. So yeah, it's most it's likely just, not done in a lab. No, yeah, exactly, and it's really not no. smart to be. Uh, self-medicating again with stuff like this where you're just you don't fully know exactly what you're getting all the time and then uh out of nowhere your state could end up banning it and then you might be physically dependent on it that's kind of scary
1: yeah
3: absolutely uh one other i just want to mention one last thing about this is i did read another report of somebody that was like you know after the ban of in ohio they were like wow like this is terrifying. Like, is there, you know, are other states going to start emergency or emergency banning it? And like, is there any warning for, for when this happens? Because like, again, like this person was like, Oh, I, I need this for my medication, which is, you know, as we just discussed, maybe not the best outlook, but, it's still you know a thing it's like they're they're used to how this works on their brain and if someone just cuts it off immediately like this dude was like i will get suicidal like if i don't have this which just goes to show fucking how addictive this can be Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or maybe it was treating their depression really well and not necessarily there's like so many factors that goes in person to person right it's definitely hard to say but yeah it is sad uh, but it is also a good thing that they ban this drug in exactly. particular yeah,
3: yeah for sure so anyway that's that's basically all I have to, ab- about the addiction stuff and, and I know Mike has a lot of stuff to talk about with science that can kind of like you know explain maybe some of the things that I've mentioned about all this stuff and you know maybe why it's addictive and what it does to your brain and stuff like that
2: I can try I think we'll see I have faith <laughs> in you I have faith in you Hakeem yeah, no, but I appreciate you guys um, all of us being able to talk about the fact that it's addictive. Um, absolutely because it is a weird drug. It can be good and it can be bad. So I'm gonna go into a little bit of why it's used as uh, an antidepressant first because that's originally what it's you know uh, meant for. Um, so it differs from the other antidepressants in its uh, pharmacological and neurochemical properties. Uh, it shows no affinity for known neurotransmitter receptors and does not inhibit the uptake of serotonin or noradrenaline in the central nervous system, um, so brain and spinal cord. The uh, uh, tyaneptine does not inhibit the monoamine oxidase A and B activity in the cortex, hippocampus, and the hypothalamus. Uh, in contrast to selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and tricyclic agents. Uh, systemic administration of tyoneptine uh, uh, modestly enhanced the mesolimbic release of dopamine, but is unclear how tyaneptine streng- strengthens dopaminergic transmission because the uh, antidepressant recognizes neither dopamine transporters nor D1, D2, D3, D4, and D5 receptors. So uh, the reason I mention all of this is because the other serotonin, or sorry, the other antidepressants, uh, a lot of the times, are inhibiting uh, monoamine oxidase activity in the cortex, hippocampus, and hypothalamus. Um, and then also with SSRIs and tricyclic uh, agents, some of them are, um, you know, they're affecting serotonin and dopamine in the mesolimbic uh, area. And the mesolimbic area is that region that I've talked about sometimes before talking about the uh, reward pathway, um, you know, and kind of the, the re- seeking reward-seeking behavior that's, shown with addictive drugs um so anyway this is just mentioning how it differs uh in that it's not kind of typical when it comes to that's why it's called atypical raven okay um it's just that it's it has a different mechanism of action in treating depression than some of the more common uh known antidepressants that we use today
1: yeah i i found it really interesting researching for this because i did not realize i've been on ssris i've been on antidepressants i didn't realize that ssris no matter what are the frontline yeah, antidepressant medication they are the
2: number one first used and it's because the serotonin hypothesis or actually the monoaminergic hypothesis of depression is typically the most uh, agreed upon right now
1: which i was just reading a paper stating that it was there's no evidence behind it whatsoever there's evidence, well, there's just
2: not enough to say that that's exactly always the time. I guess, is. yeah, I guess I, now there's, I was exaggerating a little bit.
1: <clears throat> saying saying that there was um, there was evidence, but it's not necessarily proven that it is a chemical imbalance within your brain. Exactly,
2: yeah, there's actually, there's so much other evidence, emerging, emerging evidence in modern research now that shows so many other factors for affecting depression that uh, kind of argue this, Monoaminergic hypothesis, meaning dopamine, noradrenaline, and serotonin, having a lot to do with depression. Um, in people. Can't
1: it just be societal? Can't it just be your personality, <laughs> no, or is your absolutely. personality based off chemicals?
2: Well, you, you know that's largely, thing. but it it totally that's emotions. Is. Yeah, and and your emotions are uh, chemically induced. Yeah. So, um, you know, the thing is, is that uh, there's just yeah. When it comes to depression, it's one of the hardest things to. Uh, treat because there's so many different things however they there was time there was a time where scientists saw and physicians and all these people saw uh effectiveness in these serotonin drugs right um
1: it's crazy because it's one of the most common things on the planet depression yet still so vastly misunderstood
2: yeah same with cancer
1: yeah that's crazy (laughs) wow yeah wow
3: i think they have the cure for cancer i think they understand it Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, moving on back into actual science. Um, doesn't, weed cure, doesn't weed
1: cure cancer? Yes. I think ginkgo biloba does. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Thank yeah, you. Damn.
3: I hate Portland. S- S- suck, <laughs> suck on my balls, oh! It's gonna kill dude.
1: I've been smoking that CBD shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, one thing stoned. I, yeah. one
3: thing I do want to ask because I saw, and this was just from a YouTube video. I actually tried to look it up, and I couldn't find any actual evidence about it, so I don't think it's actually true. But some dude was trying to say that, and you might, you might be getting into this, or you might be getting into this in a little bit. But uh, wh- this guy was saying that it, it was a serotonin antagonist. And so that it basically makes your serotonin receptors like resensitize. So then, when you do take, like, it basically makes it to where you are like able to get like more like any serotonin that's created in your brain is like you is better used. Uh, is that even is
2: that even accurate? Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. I might I may have something in here that kind of explains that, but I don't think that is okay for sure. Um, I just wanted to. As far as what I've read, I I don't know if that's true.
3: Yeah, I tried to look it up on a bunch of different websites and, like, science websites and stuff, and... Couldn't find anything about it, so that's why I was like, hmm, seems fishy." Hey, some
1: people just want to make their own facts and put them on YouTube and then they're true.
3: Yeah, yeah. well, that's that video you sent me. It was that dude, <laughs> dude. was that's what that dude was saying, and I was I just like, I sent it to you
1: not for factual evidence whatsoever. I sent it to you because of his psychotic thumbnails.
3: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a
1: Illuminati style thumbnail. Yeah, <laughs> it I, was I like, watched I that for a month,
3: dude. It was, I watched <laughs> that for a fucking, it's a 17 minute video, yeah, and I watched, watched it the whole thing. thinking that it was gonna actually give me facts, <laughs> and I was listening to sorry. it and watching it and i was just like wow this is not helpful at no, all
1: no it wasn't i'm sorry i did i i meant just for the meme of it
3: <laughs> oh that's hilarious <laughs> yeah <laughs> my bad neutral um, shout out maybe negative shout out maybe
2: positive shout out lab rats it's, it's fine lab uh, rat maybe okay so
3: uh Sorry.
2: So the drug has been shown to inhibit the pathological stress-induced changes in glutamatergic neurotransmission in the hippocampus and amygdala in animal models. So the amygdala, again, if you guys don't remember, is that uh, the little almond-shaped region in the brain that uh, is responsible for... um, regulating emotions of, like, stress, fight-or-flight responses, that that kind of stuff. So it's activated in terms of stress. So it's highly active in uh, PTSD brain. And Mm. um, uh, anyway, so then the hippocampus uh, also is that region that's for, um, you know, storing, essentially consolidating short-term memories into long-term memories. And it's highly affected by uh, diseases like Alzheimer's. So anyway, glutamate, again, if anyone doesn't remember, it's this natural agonist for the ionotropic glutamate receptors, which are a family of ligand-gated ion channels, including the uh, N-methyl-D-aspartate, the NMDA, alpha amino 3 hydroxy 5 methyl 4 propionate AMPA, so the AMPA receptors.
3: Damn, dude. Yeah, we just call them AMPAs. Uh, Wait, what are then, they? What receptors? Use AMPA receptors.
2: AMPA. Yeah. Okay. Um, and NMDA and AMPA are like kind of hand in hand. Um, a part of this this family of ligand gated ion channels uh, for glutamate receptors. So then there's the kinate and also the metabotropic receptors. Anyway, uh, long story short, um, the notion that a reduction in transmission at NMDA receptors may improve mood, uh, both acute and chronic treatment with NMDA receptor antagonists is accompanied by antidepressant. Efficacies in rats. We also know this, though, uh, in humans because we've seen this recently with chemi- uh, ketamine demonstrating, uh, you know, clinical efficacy in randomized clinical trials of depressed patients. It's you know an approved it's an approved drug for uh, treating depression, and it is an NMDA antagonist. So uh, anyway, this is part of why I, there's a glutamatergic hypothesis to why this atypical antidepressant Tineptine is actually effective in depression. Um, and it comes down to some of the, the glutamate hypothesis. Um, however, now what makes it potentially a nootropic is that it has some neuroplastic properties to it, meaning it has the ability to um, change the brain, so uh, building new synapses
1: and stuff, right? This has nothing to do with microplastics no. in the environment. even
2: though ne- it is very at a mi- at microscopic level. Really? Uh, well, yeah, of course, Neur- neurons—they're tiny,
1: microscopic. Oh no, I thought you meant the neuroplasticity has something to do with plastics. Oh <laughs> yeah, at a microscopic level. No, like, no, no, fuck? no. Huh. Sorry, <laughs> like, no. I was just saying. Everything this I, is I is know that, is a lie. This
3: is micro still. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah. all the microplastics are kind of affecting you know the planet. Like it's it's all the new it's helping with new tropics like new new tropic storms.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <That's
0: pretty> <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> Shout,
2: okay.
1: Positive shout so, out those worms. Plastic-meaning <laughs> <What>?
2: uh, changeable, <laughs> mendable, uh, you know, alterable, whatever. Oh, sorry. Anyway. I know
3: what worms you're talking about, my bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <TVs>, like <laughs> grubs. No. Nah. Okay. They, they found a worm that eat, eats and digests plastic yeah. oh, to get cool. rid of microplastics in our environment. Oh, I, just, I
3: thought you were talking about the worms in the X-files. Can we put them in our brain? I thought yeah, um, I thought you were talking about the worms that they found well, in the
2: ice. Speaking of the brain, uh, recent evidence has shown that depression is associated with hippocampal volume loss, so actual, like, degeneration of the hippocampus itself, and uh, that the disorder may have a de- neurodegenerative component. Um, so this is kind of what we were mentioning, that, like, depression se- it seemingly does have, uh, if you are depressed, your cognition is likely impaired. Um, and maybe if you are cognitively impaired, you end up with depression, which is, Actually, the case, like big time with people who have Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease, is that they do experience, um, you know, a huge reduction in the quality of life. And that comes a lot from just the fact that they are, uh, you know, not remembering a lot of stuff. And they're also not able to focus and have a lot of, you know, so yeah, That's part of why ADHD goes hand in hand with depression. There's, you know, comor- comorbidities between the two. So, uh, anyway, it's also been suggested from recent research that mood disorders such as major depressive disorder are characterized by neuron uh dendrite shrinkage and so those dendrites um if the two of you don't remember and if anyone is new to the podcast, those are the um those little like branches on the neuron cell body that uh are they they have all those little receptors embedded within them hmm. so uh the receptors for you know neurotransmitters and other drugs to come on and attach to those dendrites these are like little branches sticking out and that's actually i think dendrite in latin is like branching okay or something
1: i thought it was a pokemon but the more you describe it the more it sounds like a pokemon
2: (laughs) (laughs) well the cool thing is is that yeah you call it like, like if you're noticing like more dendritic uh processes it's like uh neuronal arborization we call it that because it's essentially just looking like tree branches forming um, and connecting, you know, with each other. So anyway, dendrites, they're a lot of the times the two things that are going to sit there and, and sort of come next to each other and, and hang out, right? And so then um, neurotransmitters will go between the synapse that forms between the two dendrites.
0: Oh. So that's just what I'm mentioning is so that
2: this the depression is characterized by the shrinkage of these little branches that are there to receive uh, n- either neurotransmitters or drugs. That's Essentially, sad. Stimu- stimulation. Oh. It is sad. I mean, and uh, that's just what it's go- it goes to show. There's some evidence to, like, actual neurodegeneration in just straight-up major depressive disorder. Dang. Um, you gotta water
1: those trees.
2: Is a part of what, like, it's thought to, maybe, that's part why Alzheimer's disease is so uh, big nowadays. Like, it's becoming such a big problem, and it's essentially, like, by 2050, I think, they say one in three people over the age of 65 will have Alzheimer's disease. Oh, fuck. And by that same year... Uh, one in two people over the age of 85 will have it. Could Gee, be so,
1: due to the rise of depression. That's what I'm thinking, is we have oh.
2: so many depressed people nowadays. Like the, the depression that we deal with compared to the depression we dealt with back in the day is different. Yeah, like sure. People might think, oh, it's not as bad, but it's like, actually, we deal with all different types of depression at different types of or different times in your life life is not as simple as it used to be well so,
1: it's coming out too that even successful people are depressed cuz you get to a point in success and you realize fuck there is actually no point in success money doesn't buy happiness well, a lot of really rich people are the most depressed people cuz they're like well this all this f- still fucking sucks everything still sucks exactly yeah.
2: one of the, one of the big uh, arguments for a lot of religious communities right now is that there's good evidence to show that a large population of the world is experiencing severe depression and also a huge decline in uh, faith and like religious belief. Yeah, and le- leaving the church. And so a lot of people in the church are saying they're using that data to go, "Hey, look, that this is why like you need to stay with your your faith and you keep your faith and have a church around um, and all that stuff." Which I get why they would say that, but yeah. Again, but
1: in reality, the more educated you get, yeah, exactly. the, the more depressed you're gonna get.
0: Yeah because yeah, the, the more aware you are yeah
1: yeah the more the more you understand the world the more depressed you're going to get ignorance is bliss yeah exactly
2: um so then True. also there's there's a glial cells that will die off uh these are neuron like cells found in uh the central nervous system uh for an ex- for example one of them are like so around the axon of a neuron that wire that electricity um you know, runs down and then allows for an action potential to happen. Um, that little wire, the axon is wrapped in this stuff called the myelin sheath. And that is just cool. these things called, um, think of it literally like the uh, insulation of an actual electrical wire. Yeah. Right. And so those little cells that hang out on top of it, the myelin sheath, they are called oligodendrocytes. That's a d- type of glial cell and so it actually speeds up the conduction. If those cells are doing their job correctly, it speeds up the conduction of that current to pass along uh, the axon. So uh, one of the disorders that it, you know these are affected in, um, these specific glial cells, are uh, multiple sclerosis. And so you see uh, people with MS having the inability to make movements sometimes with their bodies, right? And so uh, a lot of that comes down to just they are... L- their brain is making really slower uh, electrical currents and, and action potentials. Essentially, the communication is being slowed down a lot because they're actually losing this stuff, and that's a form of neurodegeneration. So again, glial cells, there's microglia. These are like these spider-like looking things that come around and they'll touch other neurons to um, and other cells to essentially uh, activate them in terms of stress, like like inflammation or different things. Um, creepy. And they are activated in a, as an immune response. Um, so yeah, they're really they are creepy, uh, but they're also really cool, and they walk around all funny in the brain. Um, creepy crawlers, anyway. So these things, yeah, <laughs> totally, they are creepy crawlers. <laughs> they're playing
3: creepy crawlers in your brain, dude. Yes.
2: Yeah, literally. And so I think I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure there's ac- there's like a two to one uh, ratio of glial cells in the brain to neurons. So there's Whoa. like. Well, the human brain has like 80 billion neurons. So there's about double that of glial cells. And they do seem like neurons, but they're actually not brain cells. They're just, well, they're, you know, they're brain cells, but they're not neurons.
1: I um, hate that there's all these little micro ecosystems going on in your body. Like, you have your gut <laughs> biome, you have all these little micro spider cells in your fucking brain moving <laughs> around. It's a little it's scary. Dude, <laughs> just a bunch of dendrite trees growing. That's why, like,
2: when I get really tripped out and I'm like, I'm like feeling so much going on in my body. And when I close my eyes, I'm like seeing things happening within my body and stuff. It's that can be almost like like straight up fear inducing or like phobia inducing because it's kind of just this like it's like what if one system stops yeah well exactly that's what happens to people like with Dude. if you have a genetic disorder of some kind like down syndrome is literally just one little switch yeah. and suddenly you're you're you have an inability to live a like
1: microscopic a switch. Yep. Yeah. Dude, it's
3: got to be terrifying to take acid and, and be smart as fuck and like <laughs> know about all that type of shit because then you just are like, like, oh, uh, this this is hitting this receptor in my brain and this is doing this and this and this and then like fucking, you're just like, whoa, dude, like my brain also would go into fucking, a stroke. yeah, dude, just, yeah, <laughs> Glyle, holy shit, dude.
2: <laughs> it is scary, man. It's also really fascinating when you realize that your whole body is just made up of cells. And when you understand how cells kind of work, it's this trip to think that your body is just these billions and billions of, like, alive machines yeah, dude, that bro. are working all together autonomically. Like, they don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about breathing. You just breathe. You don't have to think about digesting. You just
1: digest. It's weird. It's weird to me that anything is solid. True. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, because it kind of isn't.
3: No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's just temporarily solid. It's all yeah. water at the end of the day. Yeah. It's all pipes, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all pipes. Fuck. I had a really good point to make. Oh, uh, is do you think that's why they uh call our, like the body a prison because it's made up of cells?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah,
3: um, I just thought of that, dude. I I was just I just made that connection, dude. I just made that synapse? Well, ooh. Ooh, is that the correct use yeah, of that? Yeah, yes. Hey, yeah. positive shout out, that Ryan. Was the, that
1: was the proper syntax. Ooh, ooh. Raven
2: getting over here with his computer science brain. Damn, um, Okay, so let's get back to this real quick so we can wrap up science um, and help people understand that this is possibly not a good thing to take uh, if Unless you're prescribed. not depressed. Yeah. So studies of the role of intracellular signal transduction and regulation of gene expression in impaired neuroplasticity in depression has led to a neurotrophic hypothesis of depression uh, with brain-derived neurotrophic factor BDNF as an important mediator of neuronal plasticity and as a potential target for antidepressant drug development. Um, If you guys remember, BDNF and the whole neurotrophic hypothesis of depression is part of what uh, a lot of people are claiming... Why ketamine is so effective, um, in treating depression is that, uh, BDNF essentially is this uh, transcription factor that has the ability to regulate a ton of growth factors like nerve growth factors to create new neurons. Uh, so essentially, like it drives neurogenesis, uh, the creation of new neurons, not new synapses, synaptogenesis, but just new neurons. Um, so anyway, the the fact that when when it's saying this whole intracellular signal transduction regulation of gene expression is impaired in neuroplasticity and depression, it's meaning that BDNF is not being turned on uh, when it's supposed to be. Uh, And when it's turned on, uh, being that it's a transcription factor, it has the ability to tell other genes to start making these proteins uh, that are involved in growing new neurons. So, uh, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, so it's like brain definition not found. (laughs) Yep i yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about coding somewhere
3: so <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you hit the escape button five times <laughs> yeah,
2: not i hate when you hit the fucking shift button like five times and it gets all pissed at you yeah, oh yeah. wait uh, you wouldn't know um so wait what oh is that a pc thing it's a windows thing yeah so sorry oh oh you think you're better than me dude i i know i am i, I use windows
3: oh really what do you use Windows for? Jumping out and killing yourself? Because that's what you should do.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, fucking snap back at him, dude.
1: Windows oh. 11, 11th floor.
3: <laughs> <Dude>. Oh, nice. <laughs> just keeps going up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so just so that people don't get too distracted, because um, this is an important thing, this whole hypothesis of depression and how B- BDNF can be an important mediator of the neuronal plasticity um, and being you know, a target for different antidepressant drugs. Um, so stress has been shown to decrease BDNF expression in the hippocampus, which may contribute to neuronal plasticity, or excuse me, uh, neuronal atrophy, so the actual, like, uh, destruction of neurons, um, and sometimes neural cell loss in key limbic regions in the brain seen in patients with depression. Again, the limbic region has a lot to do with uh, emotional processing. Mm. Um, Sue. So, uh, data suggest that tianeptine may promote neuroplasticity by increasing expression of genes of neuroplastic factors that are decreased in animal models of stress. So, uh, for example, this BDNF. Uh, these include the genes for BDNF and nerve growth factor in the hippocampus and amygdala, like I just said. Um, so, anyway, tianeptine ty- has been shown to have beneficial effects on cogn- cognitive function and memory function in animal models. Uh, the clinical benefit of tianeptine may relate to its effects on neurogenesis and dendrite remodeling, as its ability to normalize the neuroplasticity mechanism, uh, long-term and prime burst potentiation can be responsible for memory formation.
1: Uh, so it could water those uh, dead trees. Yep, exactly. by remodeling the de- the dead dendrite.
3: Except for you, when you water a dead tree, a dead tree usually doesn't come back, but these
2: okay these might. The, Well, some can. I mean, think about how much off the a tree when they drop their leaves, they look dead. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like when it actually
3: you dies, knew what I was when trying it's to dead, say. dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, well,
2: I was just clarifying, dude. Um. But so, does this make sense at all? Where I'm kind of going with why? Uh, it it could be considered sort of nootropic. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Definitely. Great. Definitely. Yeah. And so, it's interesting because
1: it's something we speculated in the beginning, and now you're kind of proving it. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um. And so then, long-term potentiation is one of the references to um when. No, synapses have been, you know, active or, or when neurotransmitters are activating uh, different receptors for a certain period of time, um, they actually lead to the creation of new synapses. So almost like learning or whatever, right? So that's what this long-term potentiation is. Um, anyway, this is responsible for memory formation. It's one of the things responsible for that. Um, and so back to the glutamatergic hypothesis. Uh, glutamatergic processes are intimately involved in the induction of long-term potentiation and in memory formation. And uh, several studies indicate that tyneptine exerts its protective effects against stress-elicited cognitive disruption, at least partly via the modulation of glutamatergic uh, transmission. For example, by alteration of the uh, phosphorylation site of postsynaptic populations of AMPA and NMDA receptors, and by alterations in the reuptake of glutamate by glial transporters. Essentially what this means is that uh, when things are phosphorylated, uh, they are activated a lot of the times for, in, in gene expression. Um, and so when this, these AMPA and NMDA receptors are being activated, uh, there's alterations in the reuptake of glutamate by those glial transporters that I was mentioning kind of previously when talking about glial cells. Um, so this is just uh, essentially some evidence showing why it could have protective effects against stress-elicited cognitive disruption um, due to glutamatergic transmission. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah,
3: I I think a lot of this is starting to make sense. And the fact that it kind of was what am I trying to say? It's trying to it basically adds some backup to basically it being possibly a nootropic, which is just so interesting because two people literally went to federal prison for it. Well, I mean, a lot of people went to prison for it. But yeah, for but two people specifically went to prison for selling it as a nootropic essentially which is fucking crazy
2: right well and the thing is is like i think a lot of this is just coming into play of why it is essentially still just an antidepressant when used at the right dose yeah Yeah. um and yeah i think it kind of seems to me that a lot of it its actions are very similar to ketamine um when talking about its depression component and that's the other thing is with ketamine we also see a pro-cognitive benefit um Kind of a, a nootropic effect
3: there. Yeah.
1: So, oh, yeah. sell ketamine as a nootropic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I Hell take five yeah. HTP and ketamine every day. <laughs> My oh, bladder I know is a lot of fucked. people that do that. <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> what do you, I mean? Yeah. I take omega. I take omega three <laughs> <omega-3> and fucking. <laughs> I take
2: omega omega K, dude. Hell yeah! I want some. Anyway, sorry, I'm just your kidding. Room. No, 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 you're good. Uh, we have to have some. Uh, some funnies in the depression, some chalky jokes, yeah, um so it's effective in reducing symptoms of depression and mild to moderate to severe major depression while it alleviates anxious systems associated with depression without the need for uh, concomitant anxiolytic therapy, so maybe uh, xanax right or. Uh, Valium added on to it. So uh, the good tolerability of tineptine is also established as the antidepressant lacks the sedative, autonomic, cardiovascular, and undesirable side effects that kind of Raven mentioned that earlier, but on uh, the attention and memory of tricyclis and shows a low propensity to provoke sexual dysfunction and nausea as compared to SSRIs. Hmm. Um, That's a lot of the reason uh, some people don't want to take SSRIs is they cannot achieve orgasm um, or even achieve... Or, or like you know, get um, an erection. So, so, what
3: if you took Viagra with this?
2: I don't know. Actually, um I want. I don't even want to. Yeah, no speculation. Try to that. speculate <laughs> on it because I'm not sure. Because isn't um,
3: uh isn't if uh, females take SSRIs and Viagra, it can make them help? Yeah, it can help. It right? can benefit.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: But this is not an SSRI, right?
2: Yeah. I know. I was just.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, and I'm sure people have mixed them. I, I'm. I'm almost positive that's happened, but um, boner I'm gas not. station
3: pills and then heroin <laughs> gas station pills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, yeah, I assume that that's a hundred percent what people have. Done. <laughs> it's called it's so br- called <laughs> brick flipping, dude. They get, they, the get the, they get their little White Castle burgers and then they get like a, a Mountain Dew for their girl and they come over with like a, a chocolate rose, all from that's the true. gas station, and then some Thai Neptune and some boner pills. They're like, all right, we're gonna have a great night tonight, baby. Hey, dude, Valentine's Day is coming up, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some, kidding, don't do that. <laughs> that's
3: kratom, a trucker's night out. Some kratom, <laughs> some know. chew. <laughs> Mountain Dew, Copenhagen, fuck yeah! <laughs> uh, All right, some
1: cope, so long cut. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna
2: long cut you, damn down the, dude, down the middle. Um, Just split you open.
0: I
1: want to see those micro spiders. Someone I'm gonna, brought over that magnifying glass. I'm gonna get into <laughs> your gut biome. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: Um. All right. So, uh, the magnitude of the hippocampal shrinkage reported in certain experimental uh, conditions may partly underlie some of cognitive de- uh, the, Some of the cognitive deficits that accompany major depression. Uh, however, conversely, any prevention or restoration of these morphological changes in the hippocampus should be parallel to procognitive cognitive slash uh, effects. Accordingly, tyneptine is particularly. Uh, has particularly favorable effects on cognitive functions, and the positive effect of tyoneptine may be mediated through its upregulation of neurogenesis. But, of course, the impact of neurogenesis on cognitive functions remains a matter of controversial debate. Essentially, what I'm saying here is that although uh, the hippocampus is shrunk in certain cases of depression or major depression, um, and that tyoneptine has the ability to potentially, you know, help with this neuronal degradation that's occurred. Um, it's not to say that just because tyoneptine has the ability to you know, help with neurogenesis that that is exactly what is helping depression. And this is because it's still under debate that if the impact of neurogenesis on cognitive functions really has this major effect on depression or not. Um, a lot of people think that neurogenesis means better, better brain function. So, oh, psilocybin has shown to be neurogenic. It has neurogenic properties to it. Okay, well, that that means it must be just really good for my brain and it's going to make me smarter and happier or whatever. That's not true. That's not what science has been saying.
0: Uh (laughs) 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 Maybe for you. Right. <laughs> Maybe for some of us. <laughs> Maybe for Raven. Raven's
3: just like so far left wing that like that's just like his like That's my that's argument? Like, yeah, it's like it's like the fucking it's like uh-huh. the right wings that are just like, Oh, what are you what are they just you know, leaving their kids at the fucking park and stuff like that? And then it just like fucking psilocybin doesn't actually make you smarter. You're like, Uh huh, yeah it does.
1: Yeah, it does. That does Dude. You heck? cannot tell me I'm not going full alpha brain off my 5 HTP and psilocybin <laughs> microdosis. <laughs> 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 right, you're going to turn into Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn into a computer, dude. I'm going. Fucking <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop. Bop, bop. Going full binary. <laughs> not non binary. I'm going full <laughs> binary. <laughs> that
0: would actually be a really funny uh, nice.
2: Python shirt like or like Python meme shirt or something to make. Full binary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put the Python logo at the bottom. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, Taya Neptune has, as I've mentioned, sort of challenged this whole monoaminergic hypothesis of depression. That is the sort of uh, serotonin, noradrenaline, and dopamine hypothesis of depression, those having imbalances and being likely the case are the cause of your depression. I just wanted to clear that up because I know monoaminergic doesn't really hope make a whole lot of sense to some people, but essentially the monoamines are those neurotransmitters, serotonin, noradrenaline, and dopamine. So uh, it's challenged this hypothesis of depression as well as uh, the proposed monoaminergic mechanisms whereby the action of most known antidepressants was explained. Like I mentioned, a lot of antidepressants were either monoamine oxidase inhibitors or uh, uh tricyclic antidepressants or uh, serotonin, selective serotonin or selective noradrenaline reuptake inhibitors. Uh, just with that said, uh, the generally accepted biological basis of depression, uh, for example, the serotonergic deficit, cannot explain the antidepressant activity of tyaneptine. Uh, events beyond the monoaminergic regulation are relevant to its clinical antidepressant efficacy. So the neurobiological properties of tyaneptine involve a dynamic interplay between numerous neurotransmitter systems and the critical ability, for one, to restore normal normal neuroplasticity in the circumscribed limbic brain regions that I've mentioned, and for two, to reverse stress-induced impairments in synaptic glutamate transmission, which plays crucial roles in virtually all key functions perturbed in depressed states. Um, So interestingly, I found a paper titled the behavioral effects of the antidepressant tyoneptine require the mu-opioid receptor. That said, we, or that it, 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 it wrote in this paper that we recently reported that tyoneptine is a full agonist at the mu-opioid receptor. Here, we demonstrate that the acute and chronic antidepressant-like behavioral effects of tyoneptine in mice require mu-opioid receptor. Interestingly, while tyoneptine also produces many opiate-like behavioral effects such as analgesia and reward... It does not lead to tolerance or withdrawal.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I know, right? That's, and this was like a 2017 yeah. peer-reviewed wow. paper. And this drug's been out since the 60s? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's known to have yeah. uh, the, the uh, um, withdrawal effects before 2017.
1: Uh, far before. I know. recreational use was documented in the
2: 80s. So, again, this is why yeah. do not just, when you find a paper on the internet, and maybe it's not blocked by a paywall and you got to read the whole thing, you had the full article available to you, do not just read the abstract and stuff and go, oh, now this
1: is proof. Right. This is evidence. This Wait, is just not, when you see so many people having those symptoms and then you read something that completely yeah. just lies, I guess.
2: Yeah. Like, no, it what? is. It is a lie. <laughs> and the thing is, is is why is it? Is it maybe because it was paid for by a pharmaceutical company that's trying to sell it and Ooh. keep it on the, you know. Like it's just it's it sucks that there's articles like this that I was able to find very easily when looking up uh, the mu opioid receptor. Activity of this drug, which being a full agonist at the mu opioid receptor and not having withdrawal effects, opiate like withdrawal effects, that just seems really weird. It's like that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense because that's essentially what happens is those neurons get so from, you know, desensitized to opioids or from opioids. Yeah, stimulating them all the time that they essentially, when the opioid is gone, uh, end up there's this cascade of effects that are physical withdrawal effects that are just terrible. So anyway. Um, when prescribed tineptine is typically given at dosages of twelve and a half to fifty milligrams per day. And in clinical trials utilizing that therapeutic dose range, tineptine gave little sign- signal of abuse potential and was generally well tolerated and efficacious for treatment-resistant depression. So I think that the paper that this you know, this paper saying that it had none of these effects was likely just looking at the Uh, therapeutic dosages between 12.5 to 50 milligrams a day and going, all right, look, if you do this every day, uh, you don't actually experience opioid uh, tolerance or withdrawal. And maybe that is the case. However, it's very misleading because people are going to read that paper and they're just going to think that no matter what, this drug doesn't create it somehow has opioid receptor activity, and it somehow doesn't have opioid withdrawal. Withdrawal, and that's terrible because for nootropic websites, that's a great thing for them to 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 put on their website and say, "Hey, look, this is a drug that you know might make you feel really good, and then also has no withdrawal associated with it." So
1: I people are like, gonna keep buying it. I feel like we're in sugar all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you
3: said that's terrible, dude. That sounds fucking awesome. Ah, uh, yeah. Wait, so you're
1: telling me this has no <laughs> withdrawals and it's perfect for depression? <laughs> Great. I this is like the
3: Limitless drug, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so online, as Ryan and Raven have both mentioned, tineptin tin- tin- tin is typically sold as either sodium or sulfate salt. And vendors often claim that the sulfate salt is slower acting, longer lasting, and produces less intense effects. Um, I think that that is probably because it is uh, just heavier, right? So that people have to take more of it. So if they're taking the same exact dose of... The, uh, the sodium is the sulfate, then they're likely experiencing different effects. Um, mm. But you can, you know, just take more of the other stuff. Right. Um, so typically, online products contain Tyneptine in a propi- proprietary, proprietary, gosh, blend with other substances, making those dose determinations uh, impractical. So that's the scary thing, too, that these nootropic websites have probably been doing is selling this shit with other stuff added to it. And then at the end of the day, it's just you don't know exactly how much you're doing. Um like and fentanyl? That yeah, possibly. I don't think fentanyl is being sold on the clear net like dot com websites at all. I don't um, know. <laughs> but maybe getting
1: your tineptine off some dot onion. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure some people have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh I um, do
3: I know we're in the middle. You know, I'll just save this for later. Never mind. You just keep keep talking.
2: Cool. So case reports. <laughs> Uh, illustrates instances of problematic forms of consumption, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, such as the IV injection route and dose escalation, exceeding 100 times the therapeutic recommendation. And you kind of mentioned that earlier with the amount of pills that that one guy was taking from the uh, gas station. Right. So uh, the LD50 of tyoneptine has not yet officially been established, so the lethal dose index of 50% of the time. Uh, However, it seems to have a large therapeutic index and margin of safety. Uh to ensure safety while using Tineptine, it is advised to not exceed hundred milligrams in a single dose or three hundred milligrams total in one day.
1: Whoa. Um and you said the therapeutic dose typically is around fifty milligrams. Twelve and a half to fifty. Yeah. 50 per max. day. Yeah,
3: and a lot of a lot of times when you look up uh tineptine, like um do like dosages or either pills or powder and stuff like that, a lot of the doses say like twenty five milligram doses, which is interesting.
2: Ah, yeah, and that makes sense. That's good
0: then.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's that's really small. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, if twelve and a half is like the smallest, like you probably should start with that,
2: right? Yeah, definitely. but I guess if it's
3: powder, you could always just take less. Depends on the person too. Yeah, yeah, true. If yeah, you're large, or, yeah. yeah.
2: Um. So then I'll just mention it does have those specific withdrawal symptoms, uh, you know, associated with, with uh, opiates. So like tremors, muscle aches, restless, restless legs. Uh, hot flashes, fever, um, you know, urinary incontinence, uh, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation. Just watch um, train spotting. Yeah. They did
3: a very good job, yeah.
2: But then as Ryan I think was it Raven? I think you mentioned this, sorry. Um, it's anti asthmatic. Yeah, um, yeah. It can yeah. be you know, it can have opiate like effects with like nodding off. It can be good for um substituting for buprenorphine, which is like Suboxone. Um, effective at mitigating fentanyl withdrawal. We kind of talked about that. Um, just, in, you know, opiate in general. Um,
1: yeah, that's why a lot of people were kind of talking about it in the same realm as creatine. Or not creatine, Kratom. <laughs> <Right>. um. <laughs> I
2: feel it though, man, supplements. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One uh-huh.
3: thing I did read, uh, people who do take high doses of this uh, and, you know, potential of overdose. Uh, people Apparently Narcan does work for this because of the opiate. Uh, you know, it does yeah, affect opioid receptors and stuff. So yeah. I just figured to mention that. But yeah, also, don't so, take that much to even get okay. to that point, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, I think in two thousand seven, do we talk about the guy that killed himself with taking a ton of it? Like he he committed suicide we taking. Like we have not mentioned a few hundred okay. milligrams. Um, and then again, so for harm reduction wise, uh, it's being that it has these effects on respiratory systems and it has opioid uh, effects to it and whatnot. Um it's really something that should not be combined with other opiates like Kratom or prescription opiates. If you're on them or even combined with your opiate that you might be taking to get off of heroin, like methadone or Suboxone Um, just because it, the effects of both drugs would be likely uh, enhanced greatly to the point that the dose that you might be taking could end up being fatal, even though it might not have been fatal in the first place. Um, Mm. But yeah, so here we have it that in 2007, a 26-year-old man committed suicide by taking an excessive amount of tyneptine in combination with alcohol. So there you go, right there. Alcohol being a central nervous system depressant when combined with other depressants uh, or even other drugs that, you know, have similar effects. They both ramp up in their severity and fatality. Yeah, have we said specifically
1: that this drug is not an opioid uh well. So that's, that's where the thing. I get so confused because it's not an opioid in the sense that it's not a morphine derived drug.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: I forget. What which one is synthetic, meaning it doesn't come from the plant. There's a difference between opiate and oh, opioid. Right. One of them I mean, means what this is, and one of them means something else. And that's kind of the same thing with Kratom, being right. it has opiate products qualities. qualities, yeah. It, the mechanism of action is definitely it. An opioid. I wonder if
3: opiates, uh, So, opiates refer to natural opioids such as heroin, morphine, and codeine. Opioids refer to all natural, semi synthetic, and synthetic opioids.
2: Okay. So, yeah, it is like an opioid then. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, yeah. So, in that case, um, harm reduction stuff, I already kind of mentioned, uh, you know, with combining, do not be combining. Also, Uh, If you are going to be purchasing this online um, and not being prescribed it, I think that the best thing that you could do is try to purchase it from a reputable source, meaning, uh, you know, has reviews, like people on Reddit may have been talking about it um, and and saying they've purchased it and used it, as well as trying to find a place that says that they've third-party tested it, meaning they have a certificate of analysis that they can provide that's been, you know, it's been tested for heavy metals been tested for pesticides, E. coli, different things like that so that you can have a little bit more, you know, peace of mind, feeling safe when taking it um, at whatever dosage that you plan on taking it. If you're going to be taking it recreationally, just be very aware of these things that we've mentioned, um, such as the fact that this, you know, it, it will have withdrawals. It will, you know, the tolerance builds up very quickly. I think within three to seven days, I read, and then you are likely to experience opiate with like withdrawals to the same severity of something like heroin and fentanyl, if not more. Is I would what I've also,
1: read. I would add to that. If you are someone who is already currently using this, mm-hmm. stay up to date on your legal laws or your state's laws. Yep. <laughs> your legal laws. Yeah. Stay up to date <laughs> on your state's laws. And, uh, because you don't want to end up being one of the people who is ordering it offline, or maybe you have a nootropic yeah. store in your town where you're getting it. And then all of a sudden one day you can't get it and you're dependent on it at that point, And then, you know, you don't, you don't want to end up in that pickle.
2: Yeah, and if you're still using it and you're someone who's addicted to it, you want to get off of it, um, we will try to provide some resources at some point to you know post to our Instagram and stuff about uh, different places that you could reach out to or talk to um, that would still take you in and be able to talk with you about it and help you get off of it because it's a drug that's not very well known. So it may feel like you're alone if you're addicted to this because there's not a whole lot of other people addicted to it. And there's some resources that we have on Discord, and uh, other stuff that, you know, we've we've provided in the past, we'll provide here um, on this, you know. We're, we're talking about this drug specifically so that you can actually find places or people to talk to about their experiences with it and try to get off of it. And I do recommend, if you are highly addicted to it, to not just stop cold turkey. Um, yeah. It's something that could be, you know, you could take your dose down, uh, like you could titrate yourself down, wean yourself off, um, but it may be something that might even require a little bit of medical intervention, uh, maybe with other drugs, other opiate, you know, type drugs like Suboxone or something, to help you get off of it and not experience insane withdrawals. Because this is unfortunately the cycle of these drugs for the the addiction cycle for these people with that use these drugs is that they get sick, they feel all these withdrawals, you know, symptoms, and it affects their day to day life. Like they can't really go to work while experiencing withdrawals. So then they'll continue to take this drug. Or these types of drugs. Um, so, anyway, there's there is a uh, there's hope for anyone who's yeah, using definitely. this stuff every day. Um, and there are people out there who are using it, so just don't feel alone. Um, and I don't know about testing it yourself. That's why I kind of recommend uh, if you can get a certificate of analysis that's shown, you know, results of it being ran through a GCMS with all these stuff. Then then great, you know. I think that that's if you're going to continue using it, that's the best you could do.
1: Right. And do your own research about stuff like this. If you're going to be ingesting stuff uh, like a nootropic, definitely do your own research. Uh, Don't just take our word for it. Dive in a little bit deeper. Learn what you're getting yourself into when it comes to taking stuff like this. Because, you know, some nootropics can be very beneficial for a lot of people. And some can be really detrimental if you don't take them right or you're just... Like that paper you just referenced that said there's no uh, side effects or withdrawal symptoms. Like, Double check... All your research, all the time, no matter what. Yeah, Yeah. because shit changes.
2: And um, last thing, too, I guess, is that, uh, I I know we mentioned it, that Narcan works, but again, uh, if you're having it around and you're using it recreationally, Narcan would be a very good thing to have, almost necessary. Absolutely, Um,
1: I would agree with that. So yeah, And if you need to
2: find Narcan, we are also going to be providing some resources for finding Narcan in your area uh, on our Instagram um, and TikTok as well.
1: Turns out it's a lot harder than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, it is very it's sad. difficult. <laughs> <It's> so
3: <laughs> sad. Yeah, it is yeah. sad. Um, I just had one last thing that I want to mention, and I don't know even how accurate this is. This is something I read on Reddit, but it maybe could have gone in the myth part. But 100%. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, so some people have said that they have been taking T-Nepting uh, and... Taken drug tests and tested positive for fentanyl, which I don't know how you test exactly for fentanyl. Wouldn't it just be testing for opiates? No. Okay. Um,
2: it's so it's just like with reagent test kits, right? So um, they add something oh, I see yeah that reacts a very specific way with a specific drug or the specific components of the chemical. Okay. So yeah. say it's like um you know, an indole or a, an alkaloid or, or all these different things. They have these different methods of testing for different things. Um, however, so ketamine and PCP, both being cyclohexamines, their structure is so damn similar. Uh, PCP panels, a lot of the times if someone has been taking a lot of ketamine, ketamine will actually show a false positive for PCP. So this drug um, I actually don't really know the structure of this drug very well. When I was reading into it, a lot of what the papers had mentioned is that it has a very atypical structure in general. That's what uh, I've also heard. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know whatever, much
3: about structures, but
2: whatever structure of this is allowing it to attach to the mu opioid receptor, because something on here is allowing it to come over and like attract to the mu opioid receptor and become a full agonist at it. So, yeah. however, that's happening.
1: Um is why. It's probably the red lipstick. Yeah. And the high heels sauntering over. Yeah. So I it makes you lies. think of uh it so makes you
2: think of uh what the is it? Matrix. Is that? Um I was no, say the uh, lady uh, in the red dress. <laughs> no, um there's a biological reason to why men like seeing red and it's because it uh shows you that a woman is ovulating. Oh um, whoa. It makes the brain think yeah. ovulation. Um so it makes you think that you should go and say, Hey girl,
0: Hey boys. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: I don't know, it just came out of me. Uh, uh Raven. Right no, so inner. what scares me about that fentanyl thing is I th- I feel like they've gotten pretty accurate testing for fentanyl at this point. Sure. So uh so what worries me is something we talked about with the synthetic cannabino cannabinoid episodes. <laughs> synthetic cannabis.
3: Cannabis. <laughs> we the cannabis do we the synthetic It's like the gorillas. It's like the gorillas dude. to the synthetic can of boys, dude.
1: Yeah. So, so what we found in that episode (laughs) is a lot of the time, these really bootleg kind of companies selling this stuff, they'll just add random shit at any amount, any uh, quantities. And if it's going to boost their sales then they're going to add that because it's not regulated. It's not getting FDA approved. It's not getting tested by anyone. Yeah, so true. I could imagine that since it has opiate like opioid qu- qualities to it, there could be a company just be like, oh, sprinkle a little fentanyl in there. Oh,
2: yeah. Or even that o methyl Tramadol one, O-D-S-M-T, which is found in Kratom a lot of the times. Yeah, because
1: we found that there was fentanyl found in Kratom. Yep hmm yeah Crazy. as well
2: so yeah this is uh, again why it's just be really careful when ordering drugs off the internet that you yeah. just you don't know where they're coming from and i get it it's uh we live in a day where self-medication a lot of the times is more effective than getting medication from your physician or your psychiatrist because it can take a
1: lot of time and like a lot of yeah. research and sometimes feel really in uh impersonal and a lot of times oh, you know yourself mostly. better and you could run through a lot more tests and if you're that kind of person, you know, it might feel more beneficial to do it that way if you can. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. But again, it I is don't, dangerous. I
2: hate that, you know, there's uh, effective antidepressants out there that are also highly addictive. Yeah. You know? It's again why I don't think ketamine should be the, you know, considered this like holy grail of a new antidepressant that's just gonna save all because really it's still a highly uh, addictive drug and a highly toxic drug to the body. Um, that is, uh, there's a lot of people that have just jumped on the train of, Oh my God, ketamine's an antidepressant now. And they don't know the uh, severity of it. And that's because their physicians who are giving it to them are not explaining it. And it's probably, yeah. I mean, that's how it goes with a lot of these drugs. We've seen it with opiates, uh, you know, for yeah. the longest time, your physician was saying it was good for you.
1: Yeah. I want to specify too, just because you go to a doctor doesn't mean the doctor is going to give you something any better.
2: <laughs> no,
3: no, not at all. Yeah because yeah, anyway. I even tried to explain the ketamine thing to a friend of a friend and he was like he was trying to oh, like so I was basically I was like, Yeah, I was like, you do know like ketamine is like, you know, not great for the body. Like I have a you know I know people that have had like bladder issues and stuff from it and stuff, and he's just like, Yeah, but that's only if you take like high doses all the time. And I was just like, Yeah, no, that's we, not We talked accurate. about this. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree.
1: It sucks. Uh yeah, there's a lot of weird it's a weird wacky world, you know, do your own research. Yeah. all the time do your own research with everything
2: yep. yeah start here
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah, yeah. that that is tnF guys so
3: all right, uh, and also TN-eptine. Uh, fe- uh, test Sorry. your test your TNF for
2: fentanyl yeah, Bi-fi no, actually. Strips. Yes, absolutely. So, I guess yeah, I didn't I mentioned there I didn't know if there was a reagent test kit, but that's probably the one thing that you should do is uh, dissolve all of it in
1: liquid and use those strips, the fentanyl test strips. Yeah. If do there's you, fentanyl being found in it, then that's probably it sweat. may
2: cause a false positive if urine is causing false positive, but
1: that is not to say that just don't pee in your TNP. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> or do. <laughs> <laughs> or do could be fun. so Eat so first. on that on that uh harm reduction note if you want to learn a lot more about harm reduction go check out our interview on our patreon. it, it came out on Monday. go check it out. it is over there. it's three dollars a month or actually no for this month our interview is free.
3: yeah this particular interview this whole video is free to the public.
1: Yeah, so we interviewed a harm reduction advocate and specialist, Gabriel Lowell, and he had a ton of insight, a ton of knowledge for us. We learned a lot from him on our Patreon over there. And yeah, for this month, go check it out for free. We don't want to put it behind a paywall because there's so much good information that anybody can learn from if they are interested in any kind of harm reduction. And uh, yeah, there's different, different kind of websites and discords and all kinds of stuff. And he's working on a lot of cool stuff, too, himself to bring to the public, helping out a lot of people. Go check that out. It was really freaking cool. That is patreon.com forward slash DOOC or just Drink It Out of Cups on Patreon. And if you like that interview, you might like more stuff on the Patreon. Feel free to subscribe while you're over there.
2: Yeah. So and again, that's just some of those uh, Discord um, communities that I kind of mentioned earlier for harm reduction stuff um, that if you listen to this when it came out a couple of days ago you may have found those in the episode but if you haven't we will try to provide them also to instagram and stuff
1: yeah we'll make sure to post those on the instagram so that we're not saying anything false we'll have the direct websites over there
3: yeah maybe we can tag them in on our like instagram highlights or something like that maybe we can just make a folder for all that
1: yeah. But. Yeah. It's a good cool. idea. we will have it as a harm reduction uh, highlights. Drinking yeah, out you know. of cups underscore podcast on Instagram. Yeah. Go check out all of that out. And we have a link tree over there with a ton of links to all of our stuff. And yeah. So that was TN Eptine. It's a fun episode, boys. Yep. Well, was a, lot great. Of, a lot of info.
2: Yeah, dude. See you guys next week.
1: Where we're talking about. I don't know. But also, RIP
3: David Crosby. Again, yep. All right. Oh, go listen to uh, "If I Can Only Remember My Name." One of the best albums ever made, David Crosby, dude. It's got a lot of the Grateful Dead as a backing band for it, and a lot of some of Jefferson Airplane and some other people. So also, RIP to my job because I'm over it. Later, peace. <laughs> yeah, listen to this track. All right, bye.
2: <laughs> we should plug one of his tracks,
3: I David know. Crosby. Oh, we yeah, can't keep we down. can't do that.
2: Oh yeah. fuck yeah, fuck damn it.
3: So never mind, we're not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Bye.
2: <laughs> There's nothing like listening to Drinking Out of Cups podcast.
0: Nothing like it.